This is That's Why Podcast brought to you by USA Multitech. Built for printers by printers. Visit us on the web at usamultitech.com. This podcast is hosted by myself, Trevor Snodgrass. So, uh, a little bit of back, about my background. I've been building DCG printers uh, since I started in the industry. Uh, I bought a Cornet 932S and then a DTGM2. And uh, the Cornet was about $80,000. The DTGM2 was probably about $35,000. Uh, I was a partner with my dad for a while. Uh, did screen printing. We had our own company, Good Stuff Graphics, out of Davenport, Iowa. And uh, we did a lot of stuff for local marathons, the UFC, uh, the NHL, and uh, several local clients, you know, uh, sponsoring the MMA fighters for the local fight scene. Uh, some of them had, like, a barber shop, so we did stuff for the barber shop. Uh, pretty much anything connected to the local fight scene. So... Uh, we started off doing that, and we partnered with several local print shops, and that's how we started learning what DTG was. After we had had our own screen print press, we had like a Riley Hopkins uh, six-color four-station press that we ran out of the back of our uh, office space. It was like a radio station that was converted uh, to a shop by us, obviously. It was pretty cool. It had like a full kitchen. Uh, we had a separate like vinyl room that had like a counter and everything. Uh, actually, funny story, we had a guy that rented with us, and he used to keep, like, his toothpaste and stuff under the counter, we'd always find, like, random stuff from him staying the night there. Um, back there, just, we ran into some characters, uh, definitely, owning that shop, and, uh, it was always a good time, you know, running stuff with my dad, playing music as loud as we could, because nobody really cared, uh, and then eventually they turned that building into apartments, uh, so... We had a, a little bit difficult of a time adapting to that, and then like right before we moved out, we actually got robbed completely. Probably lost like fifteen thousand dollars worth of guitars and stuff uh, over a pissed off client that couldn't decide what he wanted. I don't remember exactly what happened, but uh, he basically robbed our store and uh, took everything that he wanted and pawned it all off. They found it later in the pawn shop, but we had moved to North Carolina already, so we weren't really in a position to come back and get it. We're already doing. Uh, well enough at that point to not really worry about it so much, although I wish now that we would have gotten it back for sentimental value since unfortunately my dad's passed away at this point. Uh, but yeah, so that whole business was a great time, uh, had an unfortunate ending. Uh, but then, you know, we partnered with all the other shops uh, and neighboring cities around the Quad Cities in Illinois and Iowa. Uh, we did stuff with like Joe Marino uh, from the Firecracker Run and all the other little events that he organized. He was the former mayor of Moline, Illinois. And uh, so we partnered with him on a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, other than that, we just did contract work. Lots and lots of contract work. I mean, we are doing $60,000 in three months at our peak. And uh, then my stepmom moved to North Carolina after she went on a hiking trip and decided she wanted to stay there and met Doug Lindgriff which would later be uh, one of our best business partners. Uh, we went on to sell 300 shirts a day uh, at Instant Karma. Uh, Karma by Design was our part of the store. We rented the neighborhood store, like the neighboring store, uh, next to Instant Karma on Lexington Avenue in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, it was great foot traffic, great tourist season marketing. We got some great experience with that. 
I met some great people like Charles Pardue, uh, everybody down there, Brian Morris, Carolina Hemp Company. Uh, everybody in Asheville was great. Uh, Jeremy. Uh, everybody. Everybody was a great person that I met there. Uh, the only city I've ever been to where the homeless people offer you five bucks for a cigarette, but, you know. Uh, Asheville's great. Great artist, cultural city. Uh, then I moved back home after uh, working at several screen print contract shops. Uh, throughout Florida, mainly. Because at that point, me and my dad had separated business-wise. We just didn't see eye-to-eye -eye on a lot of things. And uh, unfortunately, since I've been back home up here in the Midwest, up north, uh, our relationship, you know, kind of went south, and then uh, he passed away. So just a reminder to always tell people that you love them and uh, resolve any differences you have with them. Because uh, you, you don't know how long... It sounds cheesy, but you really don't know how long they're going to be here. Uh, I had some kind of idea how long he was going to be here just based on what we had been through. Uh, but, you know, it's, it doesn't make it any less unfortunate. You know, I found out through an email, and, you know, here he was. We we had a different kind of relationship. Me and my mom were talking about it the other day. Uh, it's hard because you have a different kind of relationship with your father, she said, and uh, we're just best friends. That's really hard, uh, even two years later, basically. A little bit less than two years, a little bit over a year, actually, uh, later. Coming to terms with that, but uh, they say you get over it and it gets easier with time. I don't really think it gets that much easier with time, but uh, you just take what you learn. I, I guess you try to take less negative stuff from it because they're not here to, you know, either scapegoat them, your current scenario onto them, or they can't scapegoat their current scenario onto you, and it's just, it's difficult, but, uh, I guess we all, you know, get older, uh, we learn a little bit more from our mistakes, uh, me personally, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I just try to learn from them and take them one at a time on the chin and, uh, move on. And because I know everything will even out one day, and uh, everything will be all right. You know, even if my dad's not here to see it or whoever, uh, anybody who's doubted it, whatever. Uh, you know, there's already been such amazing stuff that's happened to me. Uh, this particular industry that I'm in now has taken me such amazing places and given me such amazing offers. I don't think I really would have taken a different path. Uh, despite all the differences me and my dad had and, you know, disagreements I've had with people and customers that have gone haywire or whatever, uh, I don't think I could have chosen to do anything else. And I'm extremely grateful for it every day I wake up and I get to do what I love to do. I don't think there's any other definition of the American dream. You know, Charles Carlton once said that you, you have to be asleep to believe the American dream, but I've been wide awake for 10 years now. And, uh, I still see it. You know, I can almost reach out and touch it at this point, but I, I'm just I'm almost there. But there's just still a few more mistakes I feel like I have to go through uh, until I make it there. You know, and I'm young now. I'm 24, so I've got plenty of time, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, you know, given that my dad passed away at 53, uh, we never really truly know how much time we have. And I'll obviously keep an eye on my health a little bit more uh, concerning my cardiovascular health, uh, given that he died from a heart attack, but... Yeah, uh, so enough on that, you know, doom and gloom stuff. Uh, 
let's see here. So basically, um, given our experience, I decided to make my own printer. So uh, I got really tired of paying for expensive parts from companies like Coldesi and Corny. Uh, even to this day, these companies have issues with their support and their parts. And uh, I just don't really subscribe to that mentality that people who are just trying to get a foot in the door uh, should have to pay extensive amounts of money for printing. You know, if I had had somebody like me when I first started printing, uh, I guarantee I would have saved a lot of the heartache that I went through and a lot of the investment, you know, $80,000 in printers that we went through, $32,000 printer that we went through, uh, parts, my time personally. I mean, even back then, you know, I was in high school, but I was taking high school off most of the time and skipping classes. Not that I recommend that. Please don't try that at home uh, to fix my DTGM2 and uh, work on the court need in the summers and everything else. I mean, it's just, and then you got tech outs, techs out there every month or so trying to uh, sell you some ridiculous part, uh, take up a bunch of your time for realistically nothing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we decided to make our own to be able to control the variables a little bit more. Because it is, it's a high risk thing with the ink, especially back then, it wasn't as researched as it is now. So, um, I feel like it was a lot more volatile. To, I guess, own the printer as an asset and let it sit. Uh, but then that's how I learned how to maintain them and uh, clean them out. Make sure that I keep up on it like I keep up on everything else. You know, I clean my keyboard once every two weeks like underneath the keycaps and everything like I'm extremely OCD compared to most people about my stuff like I keep it spotless and uh so I just I preach that to my customers a lot and it seems to work out fairly well you know I have customers now that I've been running them for five years plus uh, that absolutely love the printer and you know eventually from making our own printer and running it for our own prints uh you know we not only got the experience with the consumables but we also were able to turn that into a full-time business and we opened up a shop in North Carolina and ran that for a long, long time. And uh, it was great. Uh, while it was great, uh, it's very expensive to have that kind of overhead compared to a plastic tarped garage. And uh, we had a lot of tools, though. We had a lot of great people like Dustin Ginn come in and help us. And uh, he would later become my best friend, basically, when... Uh, my dad and I's partnership went south, and we built, like, a lot of printers together, too, and that was fun. That was really fun, and I worked with him on some laser blast stuff, too. So we traveled from Florida to Canada, basically, uh, installing laser tag and fabricating arenas and stuff, and uh, fabricating the actual laser tag phasers themselves, so that was really neat. Um, so, you know, all this experience and all these great people I met, you know, Kyle down in Florida, he wasn't necessarily a great person. He ended up stealing a lot of stuff from me, uh, which I won't really get into right now, maybe on a future episode of The Practiceless Preacher. Uh, but, you know, I digress. Uh, there's a lot of scammy people, a lot of scummy people that I've met too that have put me in particular situations or by being associated with them, I ended up being, you know, soured, my reputation being lost, whatever, um, even, you know, down to my own dad who stole from me and threw me under the bus. Um, 
I guess it's just important not to hold grudges. Uh, you can hear it obviously probably in my voice that I still do. Uh, I, I'm not one to say that you should get over everything because, you know, I personally still haven't. Uh, I have in the day-to-day -day sense, I guess, but I guess every day, you know, to some extent. You think of what would have happened if you would have been able to keep that thing or keep that relationship going or uh, say what you would have wanted to say and there's really just no point because you can't. Uh, they're either gone or out of your life or whatever dead to you actually did. So, uh, basically, you know, what I'm trying to say in summary of all this is just, I'm still in the process, even 10 years later, bootstrapping the American dream, and it's difficult. It's beyond difficult. But I feel like it's it's still out there, regardless of the recessions that we go through, regardless of the COVIDs that we go through. Even if I have to wear three face masks on top of each other, I feel like I'm still going to attain it at some point. You know, again, uh, even being stifled early on in my career, early on in my life, I still have that hunger to go and get it. And I think that's the only way that you do end up getting it. So I'm, I guess just with this whole thing, I'm just aiming to give kind of an OBS input on my life so far, because uh, a lot of people say it's interesting and I should start a podcast, I should start a YouTube channel, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just here to give unfiltered, no bullshit approach to uh, this thing, I guess. I don't know if you want to call it entrepreneurship, I don't know if you want to call it art, I don't know if you want to call it engineering t-shirt printing t-shirt printers whatever the hell i really i don't really care for dtg or god forbid dtf who the fuck came up with that by the way dtf probably fucking old neck beards looking on the back pages of craigslist came up with dtf and they just stuck with it like that sounds good it's like obama design in the new hundred dollar bill on powerpoint like that looks great unbelievable dtf I'm going to acronym for you. Go fuck yourself. Uh, so basically, let me look through my notes here. I haven't done this ever, so bear with me here as we figure this out. I'm sure as episodes go on, uh, we'll get better at it. I think I'm going to try to keep everything around 20 minutes. So I'll just get into one more subtopic here so that we keep a little bit more open episodes here. Uh, by the way, this episode is brought to you by USA Multitech, my company. Visit us on the web at usamultitech.com. Uh, so when I built my first direct environment printer, let's talk about that for the next like five minutes. Uh, we ordered a kit from ufoprinter.com from China, and that was a great kit. It was an Epson P600 kit, and you know I still use the Epson P600 to this day, although I am starting to release other printers that are 24 inches wide, 13 inches wide still, but with different dual print heads and such. Uh, so stay on the lookout for that. Uh, the Epson P600 has been a great basis for six, seven years now that I've been doing this full time. Uh, it's just overall it's great. Uh, it's chipless. Uh, there's a lot of different aftermarket parts for it that, you know, I probably prioritize for or proprietize for most of the industry as far as conversions go. A lot of these newer, cheaper DTF, DTG, whatever the hell, conversion printers. You know, I got my start converting printers, so I can't talk too much shit about it. But basically, like, 
I wouldn't really go that route. And I think at the point that I have mine converted, uh, they're a lot more stable than anything you're going to find out there in those stupid Facebook groups that are just full of basically soccer moms and people who have no idea what they're doing from a cry cut. Uh, the, the whole state of the industry is really depressing. I mean, people just jump in and think what they know what they're doing, and now they're converting printers and trying to sell them to people, and they really have no idea what they're doing. I mean, if it took me 10 years to convert my own, basically... Uh, and then be able to support it enough to actually call myself a company, uh, which I'll admit I probably had no business calling myself a company at first. But, I mean, I think with my technical knowledge, I definitely, even at that point, was far ahead of where most of these people, and even the bigger companies, uh, like old SCR now, it's just ridiculous. Uh, the state that the industry's in, everybody's just trying to create that next product, ship that next thing in from China and make their next dollar. I mean, I've never been about making a dollar. I've really always been about making a difference. And there's always unfortunate scenarios and things that people can blackball you with and whatever the hell. But, I mean, realistically, I think as long as you stay true to what you're doing, you don't have any bad intentions, uh, things eventually even out at some point, uh, even if it hasn't been yet or right now or whatever, uh, they have little glimpses even and out, and I think it makes it all worth it when that happens. Uh, the in-between time sure does suck, especially in scenarios like we're in right now. Uh, but I think when I started building, it was a lot less touched. Uh, as Kyle would have put it, I was in a blue ocean market. So there wasn't really a lot of options under $15,000. You know, you had the DTGM2 out, which I just went through that whole experience uh, with cold SE support, which, by the way, I don't recommend. Uh, yeah. Overall, just really upset with how this industry is. I mean, it's so, theoretically, it's so simple to convert a printer. Uh, it's not simple to know what you're doing with the color profiling and the RIP software and actually supporting it and helping people install it and doing it repeatedly, consistently. I mean, your first conversion printer might be great, but the next five that you build can be absolute dog and never turn on. So, I mean, just overall, the consistency that I'm seeing nowadays, the level of people that have no idea what they're doing people printing transfers for whatever reason. I mean, I thought we had already established that transfers are horrible, but I guess we haven't. I guess people were still trying to make their Oki jet for $13,000 investment okay, which it's not, by the way. Throw that shit away. It's sitting in the corner of your shop. Nobody's going to buy it. Don't burn somebody else with that. Why the fuck would you want somebody else to buy your piece of shit? I mean, really, it's $13,000. You're not going to get that back. You're going to maybe... 200 bucks if the person knows what they're doing and why would you even want somebody to waste $200 on that like obviously they're not in a position to invest in a $13,000 Oki jet and have it sit in the corner of their shop so why would you even burden them with the 200 bucks buy them a nice lunch and tell them to go fuck themselves if that's what you want to do like, it's not rocket science here people it's just printing t-shirts like it's really not rocket science now I do recommend you know you go with somebody like USA Multitech.com self plug uh, who it's going to support the product that's made here. It's not an AliExpress imported product that they're just trying to shove down your throat and, you know, double, triple the price of what they paid for it just to send it back out the door and give you shit support. You do you. You know, who am I to tell you what to do? I'm just somebody who's been doing it for 10 years and is trying to save you the fucking headache because, let me tell you, it does not feel nice to leave an $80,000 printer at your partner's shop. It does not feel nice to leave a $32,000 printer at your partner's shop and then dies. You know, unfortunately, rest in peace, Doug. Uh, rest in peace to my dad. 
rest in peace to everybody. There's a lot of people that have died that I've been involved with over this shit, and that fucking sucks. So there's a lot of great people. Even my dad down to his core was a great person. Doug was a great person. Everybody's great people at their core, I think. I think there's still a natural good, and minus some people. But uh, give and take. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't have to misconstrue it if you don't want to. If you want the drama, that's okay. That's on you. But uh, I really don't think there's much else to say on me building my first printer other than it was a great experience. Uh, we ended up selling the whole shop for like $13,000, which is a great margin compared to what we're making now. I mean, we're selling the flatbed printers for $15,000 back then. Now, obviously, it's blasphemy to charge, you know, $8,000 even for a P600 based DTG printer, which I think it would have went the opposite way given the stock of Epson P600s, but you know, it's just a race to the bottom. I mean, everybody warned me, and I've been willing to stick it out to the bottom. Now we're moving in different directions, and we're adding different heads and making wider printers. So hopefully, you know, we see the light at the end of the tunnel uh, like we do right now, and we keep persevering after 10 years because it really sucked uh, to give up after all this. Uh, but anyway, that's just a, uh, that's the first episode. That's the start of an explanation of everything. Uh, I hope in further episodes, if I uh, continue to make this podcast, I get some decent feedback, uh, make the first few episodes, whatever, that uh, we continue to unravel uh, some of the mystery, I guess, surrounding my career, and uh, hopefully it benefits somebody listening to me that uh, they're not the only person going through what I've gone through, what they're going through. And uh, that there is brighter days in between everything. Things uh, do work out even if they don't seem like it sometimes or seem like it for long periods of time. So uh, stay positive. Stay safe. uh, Try to stay healthy. Do all that good stuff because uh, you never know. You just never know. Again, this was the That's Why podcast brought to you by the USA Multitech Built for Printers by Printers. Visit us on the web at usamultitech.com. This podcast was hosted by myself, Charter Snodgrass. Have a great day.